G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. Looking back, just his plan and the way he went about doing it. <laughs> it was so, so divine and so orchestrated. Now that we look back, we know even in those darkest hours, he had it all under control. And it's so hard to remember that when you're in it. The Story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, we have two stories for you today that centre around music. First up is Brad and Rebecca, who are worship leaders and have talked to several pastors about what they would like to hear in worship music. Then Warren McKenzie will share about how he's involved in spreading God's word through hip-hop music. All that's coming up today on The Story, and we'll get started with Brad and Rebecca having a chat about their life and ministry with Shelley Scullin. Brad and Rebecca are a husband and wife team. So what's the love story? How did you guys meet back in the day? It was a very unlikely meeting, actually. Uh Uh, Brad is from New York. I'm from California, so 2,000 miles away. And we ended up at the same school in the middle in Minnesota. And I'm actually, I was an older student. He was a younger student. So the the possibilities of us being at the same school <laughs> at the same time was very unlikely. Mm. But God had another plan. <laughs> so we were at school studying music, and Brad had an all-band worship team, all-boy worship band. And they were um, getting ready to do a song that they needed a girl to lead. So they were literally sitting in the lunch room at their table talking about this song and what girl they might ask to sing with them. And one of the guys who knew me a little better, I was passing by the table at that exact moment and he looked up and said, Becca can sing. So they said, Hey, come and join us tonight, 10 o'clock for practice. And I said, sure. And the rest is just history. It sounds (laughs) like a story out of a Disney movie or something. (laughs) There was some Disney magic involved, apparently. Maybe so. And I was the lead singer, so... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right, so you just had to sing together, and you just had to keep having practices morning, noon, and night for the next six months. Exactly. You had had to to work out those harmonies just right. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, did you become more and more involved in the band then, or did you just stick to that one song? No, I was. No from, one's asked that before. That's yeah, no funny. one's asked that. I was from then on out. I was the the girl in the band. Wow, that's great. So um, obviously, you had a bit of um, time to spend together like that. At what point did you start actually doing gigs and and performing places? Well, I mean, in school we did some events, but then we went on staff at a church for two years in Indiana, and um, and then we felt God just call us out from there and and. Basically, we thought we were going to another church, and those doors um, kind of closed. So we kind of looked at each other like, uh, now what? 
I don't really know what we're supposed to do. Um, so we just, we recorded in our apartment, um, a record with uh, a kind of more acoustic feel. So acoustic cello vocals and a little bit of programming and, um, started emailing churches and, uh, saying, hey, we're husband and wife worship leader. We'd love to come to your church. Knowing that no one knew who Brad and Rebecca were, and um, and people would reply back, um, the ones that would reply back, I should say, <laughs> uh, would say, yeah, come on, we'd love to have you. And um, we just started driving across the country thousands of miles at a time um, <laughs> to do one event, to drive, turn around and drive a thousand miles the other direction and do another event. And, uh, it was great. It was crazy. It was fun. Um, and here we are six and a half years later, still doing the same thing, traveling and leading worship and, um, doing events all, all over the place. And, um, yeah, so that's, it's, it, it was crazy. Um, I think if it wasn't for that, that church who we have a great relationship with now, we go to a few times a year, closing that door. Um, we never would have ventured out like this. And, uh, so we're really honored. Mm. It's great to be able to look back in hindsight and see the hand of God in what at the time was a bit of a kick in the guts, really. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And it's so hard to see that when you're in the moment in any situation. Um, You feel like God's kind of left you, (laughs) Mm. sort of forgotten about you. Um, And that is kind of how we felt at times when we were in that situation. But looking back, um, just his plan and the way he went about doing it. <laughs> it was so, so divine and so um, orchestrated. Now that we look back, we know that he, even in those darkest hours, he, he had it all under control. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's so hard to remember that when you're in it. And um, one of the main parts of the story of what we do it just talks about that whenever you're feeling like you feel like God is forget forgetting you and um, kind of leaving leaving you forsaken to focus on the moments in the past that you know that God has taken care of you, remembering that he was faithful then and he's probably still being faithful right now. You just don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Of course, these days you can't do those crazy long trips in a day or two. Well, I'm assuming you can't because you have a little boy and that makes well, things quite it. complicated. <laughs> we just fly a little bit more now. <laughs> yeah, That makes a bit more sense. And I'm sure you've become professionals at flying with children then. Uh, for the most part, but sometimes, we always have, we have our moments. There are moments. Sometimes we don't feel so professional, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's when you remind yourselves that the rest of the people on the plane are strangers and you'll probably never see them again in your life <laughs> and you apologize profusely and that's the end of the. <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> people are a lot more gracious than, than i think we ever imagined with uh, traveling with a kid usually they are usually. yeah usually. they're pretty gracious <laughs> yeah yeah no it's good <laughs> to see You guys have had an interesting project going for the last few months where you set out to interview 75 lead pastors and you asked them the question, what is needed in the worship songs of the church? That's a really interesting question. How have you been going with those interviews and have you noticed any patterns coming out from that? A few, for sure, um, and it's been a slow process, (laughs) but it's been good. It's uh, it's taught us some patience along the way. But which, uh, but I think some of the stuff that's come back um, that's pretty pretty obvious is songs about what we believe, 
um, and really stirring up the foundation of Christianity. Uh, just being reminded um, as we join together, this is this is what we believe. This is what God has done for us, um, and declaring those truths. Um, I, we talked a little bit before about um, recognizing, you know, God above our situations and circumstances. And again, a lot of that has come up again that, you know, we, we can very easily get into this mode of like, you know, make me feel good in my situation versus glorify and lift up the name of Christ and what he has declared over us or what he has said he will do, um, or just who he is. So a lot of that, um, putting God, making him sovereign over us. And then one of the other things which has been interesting um, to find is songs that are a little more uh, geared in a worship setting towards men, um, songs that men would feel comfortable singing. Um, I think that's, uh, I, I probably don't see it as much as a songwriter leading worship, um, but I, I feel like that's, that's been something that's come back from a number of pastors is just this idea that we need to, we need to sing songs that everyone can sing. Um, that crosses that gap. So it's not just maybe a more emotional Not side. as many sloppy wet kisses, you know, maybe. Maybe not as much sloppy wet kisses. <laughs> um, so that's, that's been two, two things that have come back. Um, and then joy. Yeah. Uh, it, it sounds funny, but it's uh, trying to write upbeat songs that talk about joy or some of the other fruits of the Spirit, honestly, that don't come across cheesy. Um, but that really deliver a truth and something that we should sing about. So those are kind of the three areas that I, I keep hearing in these interviews, and we're still pressing through. We're only about halfway through. Um, we have about another 30 more to go. And uh, it's been fun, though. It's just fun to sit with pastors and hear these men who have been uh, preaching for anywhere from, you know, maybe five years to 20, 30 years. And, and they have, they know these stories of, you know, where worship was, because they've seen it. They've seen it in their churches go from some of these pastors from piano all the way, you know, to now where it's like, it's a full on production and uh, hearing their, their thoughts on the good and the bad and, and seeing why they transitioned in one church a certain way versus another. And, um, it's it's been a, a, a fun history lesson as well for us in the uh, the history of worship in the church and um, yeah we're really enjoying it it's really mm. neat it's an interesting journey that you're on I mean you met what did you say about six years ago seven years ago back in college and now you're married with a kid life on the road and you're getting around the world now doing ministry. Uh, but you say on the website that it's not your journey. We just get to be part of the journey that God has in mind, a journey that is so much better, which you've already seen in these few years, and I'm sure you're um, excited about what God holds for your future. We are very excited. It's um, it's something that I think that we'd always dream to do, but just never seemed like a reality. And um, we're, not, we're really not doing it in the sense of like how I, I would think well, you know, we should do this and we should get in a tour bus and this would make life a whole lot easier. We're doing it in a very different way, um, but we're getting to do what we love and we get to, we really do get to be part of what God is doing. And I, I don't care how it happens and how it works out. Like, that's what I want to be doing. That's at the end of the day, I want to know that I did what God said to do and went where God said to go. And, um, so, yeah, we really are having a fun time. And it's been actually, it'll be nine years this summer that we're married. So we've been... We've been traveling we've been, for six. We've been traveling for, for six. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, wow. So quite a journey that uh, God's led you on over those um, those years. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks awesome. so much. Thank you. That was worship leaders Brad and Rebecca sharing with Shelley Scowan about their life and ministry. To learn more, their website is bradandrebeccamusic.com. That's bradandrebeccamusic.com. Up next, Warren McKenzie chats about his involvement in a hip-hop ministry when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with our musical theme today as Warren McKenzie chats with Shelley Scowan about his involvement in a hip-hop ministry called Crosswords. He says it's connecting with young people in a very effective way. What is Crosswords? What, what do you guys actually do? Okay, well, Crosswords originated uh, from Sydney back in about 2006 uh, with some artists down there. Uh, we were a large collective of hip-hop artists from around Australia who were originally known as Indemitz. And Indemitz was um, just a, a fellowship of Christian hip-hop artists who got together at things like um, Easter Fest, Black Stump, uh, various other things that were, that were happening around Australia. Uh, but in 2006, a couple of guys uh, from the Indemitz community felt that they needed to be doing something a little bit more regularly, um, getting together and uh, wanting to share their faith through hip-hop culture. And so they began what was known as Crosswords. And so this was in, in Sydney. And, yeah, their first night, they really weren't sure too much what to do. They just ended up kind of getting the Casio keyboard out, singing some Hillsong and eating pizza and going home. But <laughs> it developed from that into a much bigger event of, of crosswords. Um, our motto is um, where faith meets hip-hop culture. And so for us, it's about sharing the message of Jesus through the culture of hip-hop music. Mm. Which is really interesting because churches in themselves have their own culture, but not everyone can identify with that culture of the church. And certainly when it comes to the musical style, if you're into hip hop uh, and if you're living that kind of, there's a bit of a lifestyle and a culture that comes with all of that. A lot of those people would probably feel very uncomfortable in a church setting. Yeah, I, I think that's um, that, that's definitely true. And um, many of us can probably relate to that to some degree as well. Because um, the culture definitely does have its own style going on. Um, for people who might have, you know, tuned into a little bit of hip hop now and then, they might have only heard a little bit on the radio. But the culture is much bigger in that it's it's made up of um, break dancers, um, aerosol artists, um, DJs, and then what's known as a rapper or or an MC. And so, uh, yeah, it's very much a, a, a bigger culture. It's about how you talk. It's about how you dress. And so, it definitely has its own style going on. And um, flavor as well. So what's the attraction to that style when it comes down to how you talk and how you dress? What is it that makes you, you know, one day say, I'm going to be like that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so I think for us, we kind of grew up um, enjoying the music and becoming a part of the culture. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I remember being, you know, in primary school, 
hearing stuff like Run DMC, Public Enemy when I was younger, and uh, there was something about that musical style that just that just grabbed my attention. Um, and I think a lot of it was that underlying angst, um, that sort of tension that was coming through in the music. Um, a lot of it appears as angry, but underlying anger is always sadness. And so I think for, um, for, for many people, when they hear that music, there is that kind of thing that, that grabs them, that underlying uh, connection of, of uh, sometimes the pain of life. Um, yeah, a range of things like that. So. Mm. And that's where the Christian stuff then can come in with that hope and saying, look, there, there is a way out of that pain and God has made a way. Absolutely, yeah. I think for us, um, you know, that's the thing that we want to do is um, it's the, the style is the same, but we want to share the message of Jesus and the hope that we have in him mm. through, the, through the music, through the songs and uh, through our events that we have as well. Which is awesome. And it's not just you guys going it alone. It's a pretty massive thing around the world, probably particularly in America. There are stacks and stacks of Christian hip-hop, R&B, that kind of style artists. Hey? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, the, the states are, are really big uh, in the scene. Um, but also, I think, I think too, this, this is a, a movement that started in the 70s. A lot of people um, aren't quite sure that it's been around as, as long as that. Um, but ever since it's been around, it's been spreading across to the entire globe as well. So um, every city has its kind of um, hip-hop scene and um, underground, some commercial, uh, but it's very much a worldwide um, movement, worldwide culture, as it continued to grow over those years as well. Mm. So tell us about what actually happens at a Crosswords event. What do you guys do? Okay. Well, we consider ourselves... Uh, a parachurch organisation. So um, we exist to um, have fellowship in, a, in, in the events that we're doing, but also we want to help people uh, be able to connect in with a local church as well. So when we run an event, um, we do it in a, in a way a little bit similar to a church service in that we have, um, have a time of, of doing some praise and, and worship type songs. Brothers um, come through in a, in a hip-hop style. Um, the, the scripture that I kind of used for helping to explain that is from Colossians 3 uh, verse 16 where it says let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart hearts to God and so for us that's very much our this is our spiritual songs these are the songs that we want to share and proclaim Christ through our music so we have a time of yeah, sharing those songs um, we like to do a thing called an artist spotlight where we'll try and play a video and try and connect people with some wholesome hip-hop music, some positive stuff, some Christian content, um, because there's a lot out there that's uh, quite negative. So we want to connect the people with um, places to find some, some artists. Uh, we usually have a guest presenter that comes up, and so that might be a local artist. It could be a, a breakdance crew, um, an MC, a rapper, who would come up and share um, a couple of songs with us and maybe share a bit of a testimony. And then we have a... Uh, have the word as well so someone will come up and, and share a, a short sermon and then after the sermon we have an open mic time so we invite others who might want to come up and rap with us to um to, to jump up on stage and so we pass the mic around we play some instrumentals in the background while they rap and then we always finish with um with dinner as well so we have a free uh, barbecue or um, some sort of food going on where we can just have time to hang out together meet new people and um, just talk about life, basically. Mm. 
it sounds like, like you mentioned, a great time of fellowship and probably more fellowship in there than a lot of traditional churches these days, uh, where yeah. not just the after church, um, you know, food and everything, but as part of the church service, it's very much uh, interactive and everyone's included as part of it. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the last event that we did, we just did one on the weekend, was at a, a cafe up in, on the north side, and it's a, a Christian-owned cafe up there that um, basically operates to be able to bless the community, um, help feed um, people who are in, in difficult situations or provide uh, things for them. And so uh, we connected with this cafe, and um, he allowed us to use the entire car park out the back, and so people were just hanging out all afternoon. They were either in the cafe buying coffees or they were out with us. Um, there was graffiti artists um, who were painting on the free wall out the back. Uh, we had DJs and ran our events. So, yeah, we had, like, many hours of being able to fellowship and, and hang out with people. So mm, That's great. What impact is it having? What What's the fruit and what's the growth that you're seeing in these people? Well, the interesting thing for me is because, as I said, it started in the 70s, I've kind of been waiting for a time when maybe this wasn't so relevant anymore, <laughs> but I find God just continues to, to use this to open doors, to uh, meet with all types of people. And uh, so one thing that we've got at the moment is that we've been invited to go and run a, a church service on a monthly basis in the Youth Detention Centre. Oh, wow. um, one of our facilitators, Nathan Cass from, um, from Village Church, uh, has been working in there over the past couple of years. Um, building relationship with a number of people in there. They got to know about Crosswords and they said, um, look, we've got an opening come up. Um, we're looking for a, a, a church to, to run a service. We'd love Crosswords to be able to go in there and do that. And so we're just meeting a lot of young people and then even getting a chance to connect with them um, when they leave the facility as well. Uh, and so we've just over the years we've been meeting um, yeah, many people and being able to invite them along to... Uh, local churches, so it's not always trying to just, you know, say, hey, why don't you come along to my church, but if we're doing something on the north side, we might try and connect people with some of the local churches up around that area where we're doing the event, and so, yeah, we've been able to do that, and, yeah, been really blessed to see people getting a part of uh, local congregations around around the area. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome to hear because like you were saying earlier, it often is the people that have a bit of hurt in their life that are into a bit of hip hop music. Not all. Like yeah. obviously it's, it's a style that people like. Um, but it is often that little bit of hurt or angst or whatever in them that has directed them to that kind of music. And so it's great for you to be able to uh, help them through that and direct them into local churches as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think, I think you're right there because one of, one of the things that's been said about about hip-hop music and particularly in the sort of uh, 80s and 90s when the culture was really sort of um, coming to, uh, it was known as the, 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 the fatherless generation and it was a, it was a music culture that um, was really kind of there and um, for many people who, who didn't have fathers and we're thinking about, you know, a, a music style that was coming out of the Bronx and some pretty tough places like that in, in New York. And um, similar here, I think it's very much been the connection that we see as well as a lot of fatherlessness um, going on as well. Mm. Yeah, a challenge for us to step up as Christians and, and meet those needs in our community. Thanks for the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Warren McKenzie from Hip Hop Ministry Crosswords. 
And before that, we heard from worship leaders Brad and Rebecca. It's great that they can both use music to glorify Jesus and help people find God, but in completely different ways. As the Bible says in the book of Psalms, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If you would like to learn more about the whole Christian hip-hop music scene, the website is crosswords.com. That's K-R-O-S-S-W-E-R-D-Z. Com. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. The guy who was known as Dr. Death, Dr. Mengele. My mother actually had the misfortune of meeting Mengele personally when she came off an open cattle wagon, having travelled across Europe for three days through sub-zero condition. All the women had to get off the wagon and then run in a circle around him and he used his thumb to point to the left was death chamber, to the right was labour camp. Tom Winter's parents are both survivors of the Holocaust and spent time in Auschwitz concentration camp during World War II. Tom will share their story and about the impact they've had on his life next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.